I too am rolling. Hello and welcome to the Real Beast Podcast. Imagine a world on a faraway planet 65 million years ago. The camera zooms in to two people on computers many miles apart. They have microphones. They have headphones. Their names are David and Ben. But this is not Earth. This is, in fact, another planet exactly the same as Earth with exactly the same as Earth-like humans in every single way. And now we have the first essential plot point of the movie that we saw today, which is 65. 65, starring Adam Driver, who you all know as Kylo Ren. Yes. And only Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren fights dinosaurs. <laughs> Kylo Ren fighting dinosaurs, yeah. Um, but it's also featuring Ariana Greenblatt as Koa, and who... Uh, side note, played young Gamora in Avengers Infinity War. Oh, wow. So we I, know her work. I did not see that movie. It Wait, you haven't seen Infinity War? No. <laughs> That's, that, we, we, we have to start a whole other podcast to talk about <laughs> my feelings on the MCU and how it's a travesty you haven't seen it. <laughs> I just kind of fell off the MCU wagon and... I can tell you it was it was actually rather early. I was watching all the MCU movies until the first Doctor Strange, which I watched uh-huh. with our friend Katie. And hey, Katie. There was a moment where I'm like, oh, my gosh. Doctor Strange is about to mansplain how to do this action from the astral plane. And I told her, I'm like, oh, that's right. He's about to mansplain this from the astral plane. And then he did. He did. And that was he the did. moment in which I was like, you know what, MCU? I think I'm good for now. But I was never a huge, like, comics guy. So I enjoyed them, but I totally fell off the wagon. So now I'm going to get the hate mail from the fans. Bring it on. No, 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 no. No, no hate mail for, for Ben. Poor Ben. Leave him alone. <laughs> but, Ben, you should watch some of these movies because some of them are masterpieces. <laughs> okay. I believe you. We'll, we'll 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 save that conversation for another day, indeed. But um, this I think the fact that we instantly pivoted to talk about a completely other set of movies is indicative of how we both felt about the movie sixty five. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so Ben, folks, we're talking the movie sixty five here on Real Beasts. Um, so sixty five. Let's talk about the synopsis real quick because it will take no time at all. Adam Driver is a humanoid, non-human alien from the planet, <laughs> what was it, Solaris or Samaris or something Samaris, like that. Samaris, I think. The, the movie starts out flying through space, and then the title card suddenly says, it's something absurd. It's like, prior to the advent of mankind. Uh, advent. I hated that word. Oh, my God. What? So Right off the bat, pompous-ass language. <laughs> well, it's, so it's just like, like this is hardcore my personal bias shining through, but I just share it. Share I don't take offense to it. It's just that advent strongly implies creation. Oh, I would say. Okay, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, so that's the, the only thing between like between intelligent design and um right, random evolutionary traits. Yeah, like sort of 
as if it was something that was done consciously. So yes. yeah, again, yeah, that's another thing where there may be folks who have a very fundamental disagreement on worldview and human origins, and that's totally fine. This is just my perception of that as someone who's an evolutionary scientist. Right. Well, yes, I, we, that makes sense. I think in terms of this movie, one of the things that's difficult about starting us out with saying humanity and the species Homo sapiens does not exist yet, right off the bat, and then instantly showing us a human family, which is Adam Driver. Uh, let's get these character names right. Adam Driver plays Mills. His wife, Nika King, is the actress. Her character's name is just Naveen's mom. Oh, I think it's, uh, I'm seeing uh, via Wikipedia that his wife's oh. name is Alia. 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 Okay, on IMDb, she's just billed as Naveen's mom, Nika <laughs> King. Who's in the movie, to be fair, she okay. is in the movie for two seconds. Yes. Or less than. Um, Chloe Coleman plays Naveen, Adam Driver's daughter in this film. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's Ariana Greenblatt. We'll get to her and her character, Koa. But so it starts out with Adam Driver with his wife and daughter. And they're like, the daughter's sick. I'm taking on a long range exploratory mission, which is longer than I normally am gone to pay for the medical care for our daughter and her illness. Yeah. So and they right off the so bat, heavy handed because she's playing on the beach, trying to learn how to whistle and do other stuff. And. This is, again, I feel like there's, like, a lot of things that might overlap with things that could be kind of offensive to critique. But the way that they do this is, like, they so ham-fistedly have this kid go, like, ew, ew, on the beach there and have Adam Driver just be, like, oh, are you okay? And she's, like, yeah. And I'm like, it's oh, like, my Lord. Yeah. Like, you can just say she needs treatment. You don't need to do it this way. Yeah. It's like someone coughing in their handkerchief with, like, you know, yeah. and there's a splatter of blood, and you're like, oh, in Act 3, they're going to be dead. Yeah. It's it's very, like, Tiny Tim from yeah. uh, whatever the hell Charles Dickens. <laughs> 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 Scrooge. No. The Nightmare Before No, not Nightmare Before Christmas. The The... A Christmas Carol. Hell? Christmas Carol. Thank you so the much. The Nightmare Before <laughs> wow. the Scrooge Christmas. <laughs> the next one I was going to try was Christmas on Elm Street. No, that's not <laughs> right either. Um, yeah, but it was very like kind of heavy handed with her little coughs. And like you obviously know like, oh, he's going to go on this journey to try and pay for a care. And she's probably not going to survive even though he crash lands on this planet. But I'm giving the ending away. <laughs> yeah, it was. Anywho. Spoiler alert. The most obvious Adam thing Driver the world goes has. on this journey. He's like transporting cryogenically frozen other passengers who are people, but they're not people. Okay, yeah. people don't exist yet in this movie. Yeah. Um, it says at the beginning, like this movie is set sixty-five million years ago, mm-hmm. and then he crash lands on a planet and a tire. Like he's you know in a spaceship. They enter an asteroid belt or something. Asteroids hit the ship. He gets into j- jumps into action evasive maneuvers it doesn't work he crash lands on this planet and the title card is like earth surprise 
Like we didn't know we were going to Earth based on the trailers, which showed us dinosaurs. I know. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a surprise. It's it's kind of goofy. Um, anyway, to speed up, Adam Driver survives. None of the cryogenically frozen people do. He's like at his lowest point. He's like, don't even send help. I'm just going to get rid of myself here because I don't know where I am. I have no way to get back home to my daughter. And then one of the uh, cryogenically frozen passengers is actually alive. And he goes to get her out of her little, I don't know, cryo tube, mm-hmm. cryo chamber, whatever. Yeah. And it's this gal, Ariana Greenblatt's character named Koa, who is like a 10-year-old little girl, something yeah, like that. Yeah. She's young. And of course, she reminds Adam Driver of his daughter who got sick. And he has to save her and protect her. And this movie just feels like Hollywood has done one too many of this exact kind of story where there is a gun toting like <laughs> like good guy with a gun and protecting a little girl or a little baby Yoda or whatever. Like it's very Mandalorian, yeah. very last of us, very like this kind of story that we keep seeing over and over yes. again lately, which is so funny to me. It's like all um, of those things, but not as good in any way, basically. Yeah. It, Logan too is another great example Logan's, of this kind of yeah, story. Very similar. And all of those kick ass. Mandalorian's great. Last of Us was so good. If you haven't seen Logan, which is not MCU, but it is Marvel, and I think it's great. it might be connected once Deadpool 3, I think is the one they're on, comes out. Because Hugh Jackman's in that with Ryan Reynolds. Anyway, I'm getting off topic again. Can I mention that in the <laughs> ship notes that Adam Driver is making as he, is, he thinks he's alone prior mm-hmm. to finding this kid, he says it kind of so under his breath that it almost sounds like he's about to burp the whole time. <laughs> he's like, atmosphere is breathable. Uh, no signs of other survivors. Do not send help. And then he finds it's the uh, then he finds the kid, and then he changes the message to send help. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's oh. like, oh, there's a reason for it. It's okay. He you does sort of the, sound you like finish the logs now. You can burp now. Yeah, <laughs> let it out, Adam. <laughs> um, the rest of the movie is basically what you expect. It's turns out on Earth, 65 million years ago, there are dinosaurs, and they're dangerous, and they're all over the place. And I guess the main drive of this story is the main driver. The, 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 main, the main driver is actually Adam driver, but the set, the plot driver is well, technically also Adam driver. Uh, but he has to get the little girl to the second crash site. Cause when they crash landed, the ship split in two and he and the girl landed in one spot. And then uh, the like, I guess escape pod that they could still use to get off of earth landed in a different spot and the movie makes sure we know it's 15 kilometers away yes because these humans that are not humans yet use the metric system yeah as they should and yet a human <laughs> americans still don't yeah exactly <laughs> that's how behind the times america's education system is we're using the imperial system 65 million years after there was some alien civilization who was spacefaring? Look, it's like 
I don't know. I, the whole time I thought this movie was doing a bait and switch where it's like, just kidding. This isn't Earth like you thought. This is a different planet. And there are dinosaurs there, which for sci-fi nerds like myself who love like really well thought out sci-fi, we might go, oh, then this movie is making the case that every planet in the universe that has life on it goes through the same evolutionary trajectory as what we know life did on our planet, you know, from underwater life to land-based plants to what, like aquatic life pulling themselves onto the earth. And then eventually we get dinosaurs and then eventually we get birds and mammals. And then eventually we get humanoid creatures like Adam driver. And no matter what point in history you're looking at the universe, that is the path that life takes on whatever planet. But no, they don't do that. They don't do anything <laughs> like that. They're just like, yeah, this is Earth. There happens to be humans way long ago. And they crash landed on Earth. Get this. The same day the asteroid came that destroyed <laughs> yeah. the dinosaurs. I know. What bad luck. And they don't even, you know, I think it would have been colossally goofy. But also, I would have kind of been curious what the movie would have been like if they did it they don't even like star warsify these human aliens <laughs> like they don't give them like weird like just like makeup on their heads or yeah some funny extra appendage or anything yeah they're just, just straight like, up exactly humans or something yeah they're just like and they're even like things they say to each other that are just like so human the thing that that adam driver's daughter at the very beginning of the movie is trying to do is that like bird call when you put your hands together and you like blow through them and it makes a sound like a, like a, what even bird is that? A loon or something like I, I don't that? know. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. You can't, you can't tell um, podcast listeners, but I'm making the sound now. You can only see it. You can only see this sound. That's how incredible David is at doing it. It's only a visual stunt here on this podcast. Um, but that's what, that's a very human thing to do. Make bird calls through your hands, but no, these aren't humans. No, no, Okay, no. I'm getting off my soapbox about how silly it is that these are humans, but not humans. Yeah, so there's one factor in the relationship between Mills, Adam Driver's character, and Ariana Greenblatt's character, mm -hmm. um, Koa, and that is that they don't speak the same language. That's right. Koa speaks... Does Koa speak an actual language, or is it a fictional sci-fi language my impression was that it was a fictional sci-fi language i think that it would be classic ignorance on my part if i just didn't realize that they were using a real language but i'm yeah. i think that it was a fictional sci-fi language i couldn't i will i mean i only speak english <laughs> but i know enough about a few other languages having lived in san francisco and taken german in high school for no reason other than that it wasn't Spanish, like everyone else was taking. <laughs> yeah, uh, it didn't. I didn't. It didn't sound recognizable to me. It could have been something interesting, like Portuguese or some other language. But the way they portrayed this <laughs> it character was not Portuguese. Think, it was yeah. not. Um, I think it was just a fake language made up for this movie. Yes. And why the breakdown in communication between this guy and this gal who are stuck on this planet? I don't know. 
Maybe I think to it was up like, the ante in terms of tension because they can't actually communicate well. It gave an opportunity for Adam Driver to speak more loudly and slowly, which is what you should do when someone doesn't speak your language to get them to understand you. Of course, everyone right. knows that. And in every situation, that's a Also, key. for him to gesture violently to his lips saying, be quiet, many times during mm-hmm. important moments to be quiet, a.k.a. the entire time they're trying to get from point A to point B. And I think it's, it's just a, supposed like, to make yeah, the relationship building aspect, which is, you know, it's always going to happen where it's like, okay, they slowly learn to trust each other and that thaws. It's adding another obstacle that mm-hmm. I suppose could be interesting, but I don't think really adds. It's like as if there aren't enough obstacles with it being a landscape full of dinosaurs. Right. And but I, I don't really object that, to it. That That does work. Having the language barrier between these types of characters does work in other things. I mean, we had it in Logan where the little girl who shares Logan's mutant powers, I think speaks Spanish in that movie and they eventually are able to communicate and it's, it's wonderful what they do. Uh, I guess it's the same. You could say between uh, the man and the Mandalorian, he can't really speak to baby Yoda or at least they have True. some difficulty communicating. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's there too. Uh, I honestly think Part of what doesn't work in this movie is that Adam Driver is an amazing actor. He doesn't have a like paternal dad trying to protect the daughter vibe like Pedro Pascal does, who mm-hmm. is so good at this. Um, and I think Hugh Jackman had it in Logan as well. These are these are just the examples that you know readily come to mind. Um, I don't think that this movie ever felt like it wasn't like he's protecting the gal. Like the, the, I think they did all that fine, but I didn't get the vibe that Adam Driver's like a dad mm-hmm. in this. Even like David Harbour in Stranger Things, uh, who plays the sheriff when he finds Eleven, like David Harbour's great at feeling like a dad character who gives a shit about this girl who's not his own daughter, but he like sees his daughter in her. So he's like, oh, okay, like I can be like, fatherly and protective of this person i think adam driver yeah he can be protective but it doesn't it even though they establish his daughter was sick and his daughter i think died while he was on this journey it still doesn't have the same emotional oomph that some of those other movies managed to pull off another thing i'll say that i actually liked about this movie though is there's a a real lack of dialogue Mm -hmm. throughout this movie a lot of stuff and what adam driver i think does really well is he gives looks and body language acting and he does that really well you can tell how he's feeling even more so than what was actually in the script because he's doing a lot of like heavy lifting with his acting with his actions and his the looks he's giving the camera or the the um other gal ariana greenblatt yeah and and i think they they do a great job of that and i think i like a a spooky thriller movie that uses dialogue very sparingly. And I think they did a good job of doing that here. It doesn't save this movie by any means, but I think it, it is one of the better things about this one. Yeah. Um, I think, um, and we'll get into more of these other choices that we might make once we kind of complete the general plot synopsis, but it is such a simple synopsis that mm-hmm. it almost doesn't bear explaining it's like okay yeah. the pod is here 15k away we need to get there and he convinces koa that her parents are there 
through. Oh, yeah, that the, was another odd. Yeah, he part drew of this. like a diagram using cayenne pepper or something in the kitchen <laughs> of their ship yeah. to explain that on the other side of this mountain is the ship. Your your family is there, and we're gonna get you there. And that's what just allows her to trust him or kind of feel compelled enough to go with him through all this dangerous stuff. They encounter many interesting creatures along the way. They mm-hmm. lose their path a little bit. Adam Driver has to climb a tall tree, falls out of the tree, hurts himself, and then he has to <laughs> relocate his shoulder with the help of Koa and then shoot oh, yeah. a bunch of stuff. So they get separated a couple of times, and they fight their way through dinosaurs using the environment and using all this mm-hmm. alien weaponry, which is exactly the same as human weaponry, except just has cooler blastery-type sounds. Mm-hmm. And... You see along the way some flashback holograms of Adam Driver's daughter. Yeah. And you get filled in that his daughter, Naveen, didn't make it. So along this journey that he was taking to ostensibly make the money to save her, she didn't Mm -hmm. make it. And you get a little bit of recognition from Koa that that's what happened because she's kind of watching some of these things that she kind of either accidentally or on purpose accesses along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they managed to escape the whole time. This is, this is happening. Like they're, they're checking on the asteroid that they can see in the sky, yeah. which turns out to be the asteroid. the asteroid. And at one point when we were watching this movie, I, I turned to my wife cause we were, cause Antoinette and I were watching this together and I was like, wait a minute. Is this the, is this going to be the asteroid? Like, you know, the asteroid. We all, everyone who loves dinosaurs know which asteroid is the asteroid or meteorite or comet or whatever it was. But we know which one we're talking about. Yeah. And this one in this movie turns out to be that one, which, uh, what a miraculous turn of events. Like, what are the odds Adam Driver would crash land on this random planet that is uninhabited except by dinosaurs on the day its inhabitants, those dinosaurs, uh, will get evicted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the implication so was in the beginning that when they enter this unmapped asteroid field, that it is the one that contains that asteroid. That Oh, yeah, d- that's right. Dislodges they d- he kind of mentions there's more out there that they didn't hit, and then it does... It, it, yeah, it's what crashes into Earth. Yeah, so they... You know, he kind of takes control of the ship and tries to do a little bit of video game piloting through the asteroid field, which doesn't go super well in the beginning of the movie. But in theory, this dinosaur-killing asteroid was amongst this tragic belt of asteroids that wasn't really uh, planned for in their journey. And mm. one of those big ones dislodges from its orbit or whatever and is Maybe heading towards the Earth. because Adam Driver's spaceship ah. knocked it out of its... Hey. That's mm. possible because so Adam did it. Adam might have. God damn it, Adam. Adam well, hey, at least I have a career now on. because of that. <laughs> That's true. Every paleontologist should appreciate it. <laughs> um, but we have seen that if you deflect an asteroid that's very far away, it doesn't have to be an incredibly powerful deflection or a very large magnitude deflection to cause it to change its course because once you once you deflect it a little bit 
then as it's traveling through space it has a colossal change in trajectory as it hurdles at its very fast velocities so i suppose you could, that's possible that, like last year didn't they yes or earlier this mm -hmm. year or something yeah it was that they 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 threw something into an asteroid or did they detonate something i think they on the detonated asteroid? a small explosion or they at least collided with it but i think they detonated a small explosion if i'm i could be yeah. mistaken on that but they yeah. they actually deflected it more amazing than they were initially thinking would happen. So with the cool. same kind of energy input, it deflected even more than they were anticipating, which is good news if we want to deflect a dangerous yeah. body like that away from the Earth. So that which was interesting. We can prevent uh, an, an asteroid getting rid of us like it did to the dinosaurs. However, can we prevent climate change from getting us before an asteroid ever does? We'll see. And maybe AI will get us first. Very true. Who knows? We're just here to talk dinosaurs, which we haven't yet. So, Ben, <laughs> this movie 65 is set 65 million years ago, the day the asteroid hit, which, as those of us who love dinosaurs know, that is sets this movie in the Cretaceous period. How does this movie do portraying dinosaurs, given that it sets us in a very specific mm -hmm. timeline of dinosaur uh, domination over this planet. Yeah, it doesn't do that well. <laughs> and, you know, it's okay. Like, that's where your alternate plot in which it's like we've crashed on this other planet that has dinosaur-like creatures, that gives you creative license to kind of go ham with your creature design yeah. and do something similar to what King Kong 2005 does, where they have this oh. whole biota that they've yes. invented and it plays off of a real one, but they're not restricted to mm -hmm. actual history but this very specifically wants to restrict you that history and then proceeds to generate completely new animals again that's fine it's just a creative choice but if right. you want to look at this as sort of a quote-unquote dinosaur movie there are very few recognizable characters that way there is mm -hmm. t-rex which you got to put in a movie that's setting taking place in north america 65 million years ago got to because it's just a crowd pleaser but then there's a lot of made-up animals or at least things generously if you were to be generous would be out of time and mm -hmm. that would be like the there are these quadrupedal these four-legged sort of splayed crocodile-like organisms that are pretty fast and lightly built that are quite dangerous mm -hmm. they almost play the role of the raptor dinosaurs in a if it were Jurassic Park, like the kind of more human-sized threat. But then yeah. there also are raptors. And, mm -hmm. you know, that raptor dinosaur doesn't really correspond precisely to any real one. There were a few raptor-like animals around at the time, including Dromaeosaurus, for which the family Dromaeosauridae, which are the raptor dinosaurs, are named after. Um, so it might have been them. They had an interesting like a... look and feel. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was going to say there was like an oviraptor in the cave sequence at one point, mm -hmm. but it was very, it was a, there are sequences in this movie that are too dark. <laughs> in terms <laughs> of like anything. literally? Literally like on screen, it's very, very dark. And if you're watching this not in a movie theater, I could see it being a little bit complicated for like yeah. a good like 20 minute chunk of this movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, you were going to say uh, about more dinosaurs. Oh, no, just, uh, yes, good good mention of that oviraptor-like dinosaur that lived in the cave. Oviraptor itself was an Asian dinosaur 
It's only known from Lake Cretaceous of Asia. Um, true Ovaraptorids are only known from Asia. There were some other relatives of theirs that might have had wider ranges. I wouldn't have expected to see that particular organism in this cave, which I guess, I think they're supposed to be. The landscape looks kind of like modern-day Yellowstone, basically. Yeah. There's, uh, a lot like it, there's actually. There's ferns and redwood trees, but also... Uh, there's there's quicksand for a moment. There's like a sulfur, mm-hmm. uh, what would you even call it? Like a like geysers. Yeah, there's situation. some geothermal fields yeah. basically. It's really interesting. It's very interesting. It plays a big role in this movie because Adam Driver uses it multiple times. This geyser that very frequently erupts to lure in some foes that he cannot beat with his weaponry and have them get blasted by the hot water. And this is another movie that it makes uh, the humans or these aliens, the the presence on this planet seem like something that's just so irresistible to these dinosaurs that they would chase them into a hot sulfuric area just to get a little bite of Adam Driver, who is very small. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot of movies like this, when they're like using dinosaurs or, or, or some larger predatory creature, whether it's an alien or, or whatever, they always, I think we've kind of talked a little bit about this before, they always depict these predators as being like so damn desperate to get this human meal Yeah, that's usually much more difficult to get than any other meal around them. And they have to expend so much energy like running around trying to get Adam Driver who has a gun and keeps shooting at them or like messing with them in other ways or like is inside the spaceship and these dinosaurs are like ripping, trying to get ripped through this metal. And it's like, there's an easier meal directly behind you, dinosaur. Like what, why, why are you so intent on this? Obviously the real reason is because we paid to go see this movie in a theater and we want to see these dinosaurs absolutely ravenous for Adam Driver only. <laughs> but it's yeah. like it's absurd. It's always absurd. We can forgive it most of the time, but this movie takes it to another level where it's like why are there's like 10 dinosaurs in this area and they're all going after this little ape man? Why don't yeah. they turn on each other? Like what's going on here? Um so yeah, that happens very much in 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 this movie. It's, yeah, you know there's Let's see. There's other strange creatures that abound here that also exhibit the same type of bloodlust for these little aliens. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that start to get pretty confusing because, again, those kind of crocodile-like quadrupeds, there's really nothing that matches them that well. There were a few four-legged, well, I guess they're all four-legged, but there are a few kind of more fast-moving and more land-lubbing relatives of crocodiles that did exist. <laughs> And mm-hmm. there are some that could gallop. So that's probably just about as similar to those as we've seen. They lived in Africa. And they were, some of them were kind of approximately that size. But there were also nothosaurs, these reptiles from the Triassic period that were much more aquatic. But they looked pretty similar superficially to what we're seeing with those animals, but they would have had kind of slightly more flipper-like arms. Mm. So those are kind of the closest things I can think of to those, but there were pterosaurs around. They looked fine. And then there were these humongous four-legged 
theropod basically like a t-rex on four legs and i simply don't know what that was supposed to be it was just totally made up i have no idea and they 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 almost looked lizard like but then they could walk much higher on their front legs yeah it was it was like almost more horse-like in terms of the way that it moved yeah uh it was like very odd and we've seen a lot of dinosaur movies not just because we you know run this podcast but because that's the ten kind of the movies that we tend to see anyway yeah um never seen anything like this no it was not it once kind of kind of interesting and i didn't mind it it was just a, an interesting choice because this place is already filled with so many terrifying creatures that they're yeah. like nah let's add another one i guess yeah. it it almost looks kind of like other things from the king kong world mm-hmm. some of these big lizardy beasts we've seen yeah. in kong skull island as well as in the 2005 king kong and even in the yeah. book that accompanies that which is, you know, you could argue whether or not that's part of the film canon, but there was some pretty large four-legged lizard-like beasts. And so it plays a lot off of that kind of source material from various other creature films. But these dinosaurs are integral to the end of the story because they do a lot of things that the Jurassic Park T-Rexes do. They Mm -hmm. are a villain, but they also kind of inadvertently save the protagonists, just like the Mm T-Rex saves everyone in the visitor center from the velociraptors despite trying to eat the characters the ship like they add another element of danger at the last second that just prolongs the escape where the ship pod gets flipped on it's on its wrong side it can't launch and while adam driver's out fighting and all this stuff is going on the t-rexes come and literally like pick up the pod and flip it onto its correct axis (laughs) just to potentiate them leaving after all sorts of very cockamamie fighting goes on involving geysers and whatnot yeah and and adam driver getting a one-shot kill with these t-rexes which i was like i know he's got an alien weapon or gun or whatever but i'm like I don't know if a single gunshot wound to a T-Rex anywhere would really end its life. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that hide is pretty thick. (laughs) Yeah. He had to work really hard shooting it like a bunch of times earlier. And then, you know, the critical at the critical moment, he makes it happen. But he literally, there is a point where he has to run like 200 meters to the geyser field to like geyser blast. One of these. Yeah. With like a twisted ankle and like, yeah. He's like, hold on, I'll be right back. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna run the 200 meters to this geyser field, have the geyser go off perfectly to kill this animal and not kill me, and then I'm gonna run back. Yeah. So I'm just like, brb. Yeah, it's like, I don't necessarily think this movie needed to add so many like last second obstacles. Like if that were distributed into the journey, mm-hmm. in other ways, I think that would have been just fine. But. You know, there's a slight, you know, backing up to the plot points a little bit. Yes, they escape at the end, but before that final battle scene and before they get into the pod, there is the reveal that Koa's family is, in fact, not there, of course, because Adam Driver lied. Mm-hmm. That creates a moment of tension that is quickly dissipated when he says in her language that his daughter has also died. Yeah. It's just sort of sloppy throughout like there's 
there's enough things that are interesting going on in this movie, but then they sort of can't figure out how to like pull it off. Yeah. In, in a way that is like fulfilling and, and earned. And yeah, it's just sort of, it feels sort of lazy and it's a shame because I think this movie had a lot going for it. There are things I like. The yeah. dinosaurs look amazing. There's clearly some production money behind this movie. And it was it was produced uh, by Sam Raimi, who did like Evil Dead and the uh, the, the Tobey Maguire um, yeah. Spider-Man movies. Um, he also did the sequel to the original Doctor Strange movie, speaking of Doctor Strange mm. and the MCU. Um which are all great. I really like Sam Raimi's work. And in this movie, there are some pretty gruesome moments that feel very kind of Sam Raimi-esque mm-hmm. um, with his attention to like gruesome deep details in some of his other movies. Like the moment when Adam Driver dislocates his shoulder and has to relocate it in the middle of a fight scene. And the and Koa, the gal, has to like step on his wrist so he can pull it out and pop it back into the socket and then lift the gun and yeah, and of course he's like, instantly perfectly great after yeah. that. <laughs> it's like so absurd, but it kind of rules. Like there are moments like yeah. that that are yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, but the overall like emotional undercurrent of this the story does not work one bit. The sci-fi aspect of the movie could have done so many more interesting things, and it just chooses not to, and it gets muddled and confusing. And like, if this is Earth, why are there humans? If if this if these are humans could humans like like if adam driver and the gal hadn't escaped but they had protect themselves somehow from the asteroid like that's how humans got to earth there could have been something like that nope they leave yeah take <laughs> it away before the asteroid gets here so there have been humans on earth 65 million years before humans evolve but there's no connection at all there's no reason for them to have been to earth there's just nothing except we wanted human cre- characters to fight dinosaurs and they had no reason to put them on earth in any other way except for that. Totally. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's just like silly. The, the exact <laughs> carbon copy humans on earth thing, you know, even in the alien movies, when everyone takes off their helmets or like in Prometheus where they're like, Oh, the atmosphere it's actually breathable. And it's mm-hmm. not only breathable, it's precisely in every way identical to the planet <laughs> yeah. that we came from. And I mean, it's just, it it strains my suspension of disbelief, but <laughs> this is a nice segue into what would you do to just tweak this movie to make it a lot better? Because I, in my opinion, like you said, there are mm-hmm. a lot of pieces to this film that had an opportunity to make like a, a really fun summer movie yeah. that worked well. And I think they were like just misaligned enough to be dissonant, but right. they were close. So I'm curious close. how you would yeah. have rearranged it. And then I'll give you my opinion on how I would have rearranged it. Yeah. So I, I will say like the, the, the two dudes who wrote this movie are, are talented writers. Uh, it's Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Uh, oh, they they also directed this one, but they also wrote the movie A Quiet Place with John Krasinski and mm. Emily Blunt. And that movie rules like yeah, that a is movie. a very, really, really well written movie. It balances tension. It does all these cool things. It's if for folks who aren't aware of it, it, A Quiet Place was a movie where like monsters or aliens or something 
have shown up and it's like set in this dystopian future apocalyptic world where everyone has to be really quiet because these aliens have like bat ears or better than bat ears. They're like, they're, they're blind and they can hear really well and they attack you if you make noise. And that's the whole thing of that movie is that's where all the tension comes from is you've got to be quiet because these monsters can hear you. And it's really good. It's really well done. They balance all the emotions in that movie really, really well. This one has no emotional core really to speak of. Like they try and make Adam Driver caring about the daughter and finding this other young girl who isn't his daughter, but reminds him of her. Like they try and make that emotionally work and it just falls so flat. And it's not necessarily because of the writing or the acting. I think it's a combination of all of those things. And the fact that they never really flesh out any of these characters enough for anyone to give a shit. It it felt like they just went into this going, people will care about Adam Driver and this little girl, Koa, uh, because it's Adam Driver and this girl, Koa. It's like, no, we don't give a shit. Make us give a shit. And so I think the first thing I would have done if I were writing this movie or directing this movie or whatever, I would have tried to find a better emotional hook. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways you could do that is not change how this movie is written, but change the order in which things are presented to the audience. Mm -hmm. I think if we had just started with Adam Driver crash landing and as his adventure story is unfolding as he's figuring out where he is. And then maybe we get little snippets and flashbacks or he is looking at the hologram recording sent from his daughter, like as he's there on the, on earth. And then he finds this, this other gal who survived and he's like, Oh, I I need to protect you. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe we don't even know why he has this inclination to protect her until towards the end when we realize, oh, that hologram is his daughter and she died. And that's why he has this like chip on his shoulder to protect this other gal who's lost her parents. Like, I think there's ways to fix that emotional aspect of this movie without changing the actual movie. Like maybe re-edit, put one scene over here and one scene over there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that there is a way to do it that way. Yeah. Um, I think we also have to understand what this movie is trying to be, which is not anything intense or important other than a blockbuster with a guy fighting dinosaurs. And I don't even think we necessarily need the little girl character to have a good version of that movie. Right. Uh, We could have just had it fully just like, here's a dude crash landed alone, but dinosaurs go. Mm -hmm. And it, it probably would have been, as good as the movie that we right, were given. Yeah. Their teamwork um, doesn't really, because we don't really believe that there is an actual relationship forming here. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that the times that they cover for cover each other's backs really land. They don't. And I don't think they let this little girl's character Koa like do enough to, to make the audience be like, well, like, yeah, she's a little girl, but she's a badass. Or like, oh, she's a little girl, but she's got some skills that will help them. Mm-hmm. Like, she's sort of just, like, afraid of everything, which is also fine. She's, like, a 10-year-old girl just crash-landed on this planet. But, like, they don't really give her character anything at all. It's, like, all driven by driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Baby and, driver. Yeah. And I think Adam Driver does a really amazing job 
given what he was handed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think re-editing, moving some things around may have made that that more impactful. If that's the movie you want to do. I mean, this movie is is has little vibes from a lot of amazing sci-fi horror thriller movies like Jurassic Park, like Alien, mm-hmm. like Prometheus, like Interstellar even. I mean, he's like got his daughter and the idea of her is pulling him along and he's a space travel on the other side of the or excuse me, space traveler on the other side of the galaxy or whatever. Yeah. Like there's these snippets of these other incredible movies that are in this, but it doesn't really commit to anything that's unique to it. And I think that's part of why this movie doesn't work as well as you'd want it to. David, you took the words so directly out of my mouth. It's just <laughs> amazing. Yeah, because the the first thing I was going to say is I would cut that opening scene and or place it in the movie later. I would cold open with crashed, not even crashing, having crashed on the on Earth. Yeah. And him just looking out onto this landscape and then you reveal that daughter backstory through the holograms that you already see throughout the movie. So they basically give you that plot twice and it just doesn't need to happen twice. It Once is plenty. It's so, like this movie's already short as it is. It could have been shorter. It could have been a yeah. lot shorter and yeah. it would have been just as much fun. A 60 minute movie. I mean, that would never happen, but a 60 minute movie yeah. that was like, <laughs> you know, just a, kind of an independent release of hey let's try something like this of just let's get 15 kilometers from this point to this point on the ancient cretaceous earth would have been pretty dope if there had been like some kind of another reveal or twist or something like they they're getting to the second crash site and suddenly they see a half a half submerged statue of liberty you know, like that, in yeah, of that the kind Apes, of big twist would or, have been really interesting. Sorry to anyone who hasn't seen Planet of the Apes <laughs> for that. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but like, like there, there are things that could have been really cool and really interesting about this movie that they just choose not to. And I think it's, it's sort of confusing that they didn't do other things. Like, yeah, the infrastructure you know, was there to make. Cause I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, I'm actually really excited to see a darker, more intense dinosaur movie. Cause yeah, because it is sort of, there's some kind of twisted, more gruesome things that happen in this movie even than in like Jurassic Park. Like it, yeah. it's willing to go places and that is awesome, but it's not enough. Yeah, I think, I think that was a potential for a different type of movie than we've seen in a while. And I also think that the Jurassic World movies have become glossier and a little bit more saccharine and Mm -hmm. have kind of they don't have the edge of like oh wow here's mr arnold's severed arm in this hallway you know they're angling more to be kids movies than to be horror movies that some older kids can also watch which is what the original jurassic park was i mean that movie is horrifying Mm -hmm. Uh, like still like there are sequences that are like wild and this movie ups the ante in terms of the violence and the gruesomeness which i think generally is like for dinosaur lover, movie lovers, dinosaur movie lovers like us, mm-hmm. like, yeah, do that. Do some more gruesome stuff with your dinosaurs. And I also love that if this is not a movie that's connected to some other tentpole franchise that a yeah. movie studio is just like, we need another entry in the Star Wars or the Marvel or the Jurassic Park slash world or the 
Even Alien, they keep doing Alien movies. Also, Predator, which, to be fair, the movie Prey, which was the most recent installment Uh in the Predator franchise, so good. (laughs) So good. Prey is so kick-ass. It's one of... it's. It's a way better movie than 65 is, and it does almost exactly what 65 does. Yeah, It's crash landing on a planet that is Earth, except it's the predator, monster, alien, whatever, that crashes. And it's just, oh my God, it's just such a good movie. And 65 is is just not. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's worth seeing if you haven't seen it, because it's like, the dinosaurs look really good visually. I'd say this movie looks fantastic mm-hmm. all the way through cinematography was awesome the the dinosaurs the vfx of the dinosaurs look amazing the sound of this movie is amazing set deck is amazing like all of that kind of visual stuff is awesome it's just the emotional undercurrent of this movie doesn't exist and it's it leaves us with some question marks but yeah there you go yeah That's 65 65 <laughs> yeah it's I think it, you could either elect not to have even an attempt at that emotional undercurrent, or you have to invest in it in a different way than they did. Yeah. Or and, at least do some wild sci-fi angle. Like, yeah, this is not Earth, even though we told you it was. Maybe, like I said, life goes on the same trajectory on every planet in the universe. And 65 million years ago, there were humans that are even more advanced than the ones we have in 2023. Right. Yeah, so I... Or, you know, something. Yeah, when I saw the trailer, David, I thought, okay, there's two ways you can get Adam Driver onto the Earth 65 million years ago, broadly speaking, that I would be mm-hmm. aware of in my sci-fi brain. Yeah. Way number one is the wormhole time warp type of, yeah. like, he's or a like future, when- future person who does some sci-fi weirdness with his spaceship and he ends up in yeah. the past but doesn't realize it so that's like Goes way number too one. close to a black hole and time for him slows way <laughs> down time goes so slow for him it actually reversed on earth i don't like you could <laughs> yeah, do something something like that and the way number two is that humans are an ancient spacefaring civilization and one of the places that they kind of end up seeding is the earth and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so when I turn on the movie, I'm like, which are these are get they going to choose? And in the first five seconds of the movie, they're like, surprise, option three, it's just humans, but they're actually aliens. And <laughs> that's what we're going to do. But they use kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> so like... I was just like, okay. <laughs> so I think either of those other ones personally would have been more interesting mm-hmm. to me, even though I kind of don't love the like humans are an ancient spacefaring civilization that pops up and seeds the galaxy thing all the time because then it just seems like wow like humans are the pinnacle of space conquering all this other stuff but yeah the way that they do it here where it's just like yeah they're aliens trust us but they're people but they're aliens trust us yeah i'm just like i don't know i just i didn't buy it and so it it just kind of lost me on that front and Mm -hmm. then it just became can the story on the planet itself carry you and it's a perpetual problem with all these movies all people want to do in hollywood is get people and dinosaurs together in the same room but how Mm -hmm. do you get them in that room without totally losing the audience and that's a constant problem you know even in the lost world it's like okay you got to go back to the island again 
yeah. no fences this time because you got to go save Sarah Harding. Okay, yeah. fine. And then Jurassic Park 3, well, we've chartered a plane over Isla Sorna. Okay, fine. And then Jurassic World, we're going to just make the park, but it's working this time. Okay, great. And then now we have it all around the world because they all escaped and et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. always like that's the weak point in most of the well, a weak point in a lot of these movies is how do you get yeah. people and dinosaurs in the same place? And this one chose a particularly odd way of doing it that jarred me. Yeah. Like once you're there, then it's like, all right, fine, we're there. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. Um, same with the <laughs> movies like the island <laughs> movies, like all the King Kongs is. It's always like, oh, my God, like we have to do all this stuff to get to the freaking island and then once we're there it's like oh thank god we're on the island now we can do all the cool yeah. stuff at so at least it's... there's dinosaurs there and whatever happened to get us there like we're happy now because yeah we're, we're happy now dinosaurs. and in this case <laughs> like... here it's like okay we're gonna add a complicating factor of there's a little girl and it's very tropey on that front I think another way to cut this movie is you either have Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs by himself or you just have a pure stealth movie that's just the little girl See, that would have been kind of cool. That's also awesome. Maybe Adam Driver, the pilot, died in the crash and uh -huh. the little girl wakes up alone. Yeah. That's an awesome idea for a movie. Then it's just her, like, figuring it out. Yeah, and I think that it's... That's awesome. In my opinion, it's a little bit overdone that the means of figuring out always has to be violence. Like, oh, yeah. well, my journey is to go from not knowing how to use all these weapons to being like a badass fighter. I think that there might be an alternate way of telling that story, even with the main protagonist yeah. being like a big macho Adam driver being like, no, I don't have any weapons. I can't fight these things. How mm -hmm. am I going to do this? And I yeah. think that would be really interesting too, as like a survival horror type of, of movie that could be done where you're then not less... blasting everything out of your way. It's less action horror thriller and more suspense thriller yeah. because instead of being, you know, a, a weapon that cuts through these dinosaurs, which always is like absurd and makes no sense. How can you kill a T-Rex with a handgun? Like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> and then, yeah. and then it becomes, no, the, the way you survive with dinosaurs is to become a shadow yeah. and you cannot be known. And that yeah. raises the stakes in a big way too. And totally. I think story-wise, that yep. is a is a obscuring is a more your smell, thing. yeah, all sorts of other things you would have to do. Going out at certain times of day because you know which dinosaurs are active at which times. That yeah. would be really cool. Like you got to observe your environment closely. You got to pick your moments and mm -hmm. pick your tools and get these fifteen kilometers. Like I want to see yeah. that movie. And maybe Adam Driver crash lands and doesn't know he has to be a shadow but then meets a little girl who's been living there mm. or crashed previously. Maybe there's something that draws ships to this planet. It's like the Bermuda earth. I mean, it's like there's other <laughs> angles to take with this story. Cause that would be cool. The little girl has to teach Adam driver how to be sneaky because his inclination is just to fucking use his gun and blow things away. And she's like, no, that gun is loud. It will draw more bigger, right. Bigger that and that does overlap a little us. bit like, with, uh, <laughs> with, the kid Kirby, what's his name, in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, it's sort of, He's yeah, been living on the island for six weeks or whatever, and he has the T-Rex pee, and it's like, oh, it scares off most of them, but it attracts a really big one. Yeah, the Spinosaur, yeah. Oh, man. See, look at us, just spitballing here. We came up with, like, plenty of more streamlined ideas than what 65 gave us, but, like, you know, Hollywood doesn't love us. 
Yeah. <laughs> my my impression, and I might be wrong, but my impression was that Koa was supposed to be an indigenous person trope or like there was some kind of and weird or like, yeah and i agree i it was just i felt like um maybe i'm just attuned to this or like i'm wary of it but it felt like it was like on the edge of being like is this handling this in a almost racist way but i think it mostly doesn't but it depends on whose perspective you're taking. And I think the movie, like literally like the movie as an entity takes the perspective of Adam Driver's character. It's yeah, of, it tells his story, even though it's third person. And in that sense, all of his very silly, like talking louder and just yelling to get his points across kind of makes sense if you're embodying that character. But just mm-hmm. watching it is kind of uncomfortable. Um, at times and that's what also harms that sense of relationship forming between them because i don't believe it and there are some like light comedic Mm -hmm. moments in which they show koa like making fun of adam driver's gesticulations and other stuff and i'm like ah it's it's supposed to be like a little bit of levity amidst this dark movie and i don't think that lands either unfortunately i don't think so either yeah so yeah they tried. It's not terrible. I had a good time watching this movie. It was entertaining. Yeah. I just think that there are bits and bobs you could have moved around to make a mo- more coherent, streamlined movie that would have hit harder emotionally mm-hmm. or just avoided that entirely and made a better popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. And the way that it was organized just didn't quite land. Um, yeah. One other piece on the science front that I've got to say before we end uh-huh. is that randomly Adam Driver falls into quicksand. I don't know why that's even a part of the movie. It's an opportunity, a cheap yeah. opportunity for Koa to save him. But quicksand is denser than people and you cannot sink into oblivion into quicksand. It, and also, it just doesn't Koa happen. didn't even have to like use any skills or like do anything that like drives or expands her character or challenges her character. She just throws a twig into the sand and mm-hmm. he grabs it and he's fine. Yeah, the one it's thing like, she does what at is the, the end, point of this? <laughs> yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but the one thing she no, does at good. the end is she displays the hologram, I think, of his daughter out into the world so the T-Rex is distracted by it. Oh, yeah, they think, oh, yeah, she, yeah, the hologram is, like, out in the ground, and the T-Rexes leave Adam Driver to go attack the hologram, thinking it's a, it's more prey. And um, I was kind Which of intrigued creative. by that because that's kind of like a brutal, I guess it triggers Adam Driver's bloodlust almost but they have the t-rexes basically like biting and <laughs> biting. symbolically yeah. killing his daughter and <laughs> i'm like oh man like i didn't even think about it like super that super rough like, yeah yeah and his daughter has died and now t-rexes are biting at the hologram of her yeah in front of adam driver <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's so then brutal. he then kills a t-rex and i and i guess it's like well you know there's been this full circle moment where i can now move on because in a way my daughter has saved me even though I was trying to save her and now I have a new daughter symbolically but it didn't again there's like this misalignment between I guess what it's trying to do from an emotional standpoint and how it comes across and Uh to me it's like oh so now we're taking a like a cheap shot at this guy's dead daughter like oh man it's it's odd I hadn't even thought about it in that way while we were while I was watching it but you're totally right it's why is that 
Why? What? I don't know. There's so many things in this movie where we're like, why? What? Huh? Yeah. They're what? And you just have to turn your brain off. I mean, I think this movie is really fun. It's a a decent action movie. If you just like don't think about anything. (laughs) Don't think about anything. Turn your brain off while you're watching this movie, whether like artificially or whatever. Like do something to watch this movie so you're not considering why humans that aren't humans like it just there's so many right. paths that yeah. your brain could take that just stop it just there's stop just it. gotta be a less Watch complicated way to action. get these pieces together yeah. and also like you said at the beginning kylo ren fighting dinosaurs i would pay so much money to watch Hell that yeah it's like dope. with kylo ren it's with awesome. force powers fighting dinosaurs would be awesome. honestly why not yeah if this is not connected to another franchise you can do whatever the hell you want yeah people on earth 65 million years ago who had telekinetic powers and a lightsaber? Why not? Why not? If this is just some studio saying, here's $50 million to make this movie, just make it cool. Make it cool. <laughs> is my advice for Hollywood. <laughs> that is great advice for Hollywood. And I think um, <laughs> rather than dwelling more on scientific aspects... I think that that's probably enough for this particular episode on 65. I think so too. We've we've griped and com- been confused about this movie. But also there were some things that we talked about that we liked. Yeah. I we don't want about to how we change yeah. it. We got a little bit of science and dinosaurs into this episode. Um yeah. I think there are themes on the dinosaurs we'll come back with. In later episodes, the setting, broadly speaking, this kind mm-hmm. of late Cretaceous with T-Rex in it, that's a very common time and place to go to in movies like these. So we can talk mm-hmm. more about what things actually live there and sort of the evidence we have for them, including some really cool things that are maybe not talked about as much. But we can save that for other films that go there because many other ones do go there. Dino films tend to be somewhat similar. It's like a theme, like dinosaurs is like a theme or a genre in some ways. It's amazing. But I mean, this movie does give us a reminder that no movie thus far has done a better job of getting people and dinosaurs in the same room together than the original Jurassic Park. There's just no movie that has figured out how to do it better. And maybe there never will be, including any other Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World movie, because every other one has not really figured out how to get dinosaurs and people in the same room in a way that is as earned or as good as the OG Jurassic Park. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, 65. You're not Jurassic Park. You'll never be Jurassic Park. But you do have some merit on your own because you're still a fun, modern action yeah, dinosaur yeah. movie. Plenty and, to critique, oh. but I had a good time watching this movie. And Real Beasts will be back with more dinosaur-related shenanigans very soon. Hell yeah. The real moral of the story is Hollywood needs to keep making movies with dinosaurs in them. Not just so we can keep talking about them on this podcast. Mostly so we can keep talking about them. That's But not just because of that. But the reason number two, the second most important reason, is that people will spend money to go see dinosaur movies whether they're good or not. Yeah. We will. I will. We totally will. But it would be real nice if sometimes they were good. Yes. It can't just be one perfect one the year we were both born, and then never again is there a perfect dinosaur movie. (laughs) 
And with that, we come to the end of another episode of Real Beasts. Ben, thanks, man. This is always fun. David, great to see you. Real Beasts fans, we'll be back soon. Take care. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>